What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Price Plow Podcast. Today, it is August 23rd, uh, and we're super excited to be talking about one of our favorite functional foods. So we've got with us today, uh, Ike, or I should say Brian Eichelina. I always call you Ike, Brian. <laughs> also, JP Lanza, and of course, Justin Weeks from Europa. So we can finally really announce that the new AP Prime Bites, the guys here are from both AP Prime Bites and Europa, is a authentic collaboration with Europa. So that's why it's purple. So thank you guys for joining us. Uh, I'm super excited to talk about everyone here, where everyone's from, what we're doing, and really what the idea behind all of this was. Uh, so thank you guys for joining us. No, man, always a pleasure having us. Um, I think it's pretty cool. I think this is uh, Justin's first time here, possibly even Europa's representation. Um, so this is something I think is pretty cool. We get to elaborate on what distribution is and retail. It's a little bit different, I think, right? I don't think everybody kind of understands how that kind of works at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and it, we'll dive into why we decided to do what we did with this purple velvet brownie and why it actually means a lot to us in Europa and even our brick and mortar retail stores, which you guys know is probably the bulk of those who follow Price Plow, right? I mean, they're always looking up to what you guys are doing up there. So I think this is a different conversation. Uh, you know, happy to be here. Um, don't know how you want to start it, but let's roll. Yeah, I think you hit a really couple cool points is that. Uh, with PriceFly, we so often talk about the end consumer and the brand, and sometimes we talk about the brick and mortar stores in between, which is something we love to, uh, you know, collaborate with those guys. But to actually talk about how that occurs with such a veteran company of the industry of that, it would be really cool. I think a lot of consumers are interested in how this process works because there's so there's been so much transparency over the last couple of years and how brands are built, where they go, how they do this. Uh, but no one has really told the story of Europa, or at least how they bring all of this together. So um, maybe if you want to talk about where is where did Europa come out of? Where did they come from? Justin, can you tell us a little bit about Europa as a whole? Yeah, um, you know, so Europa originally, right, it it started in the gym business with two guys, Jeff and Eric, you know, around 1989. Um, and then from there, you know, I mean, they really found their their niche market, which was in the gym business. Uh, and then from there, you fast forward you know, call it 27, 28 years, um, you know, of the up and down the street business, working with key partners, brands, customers, et cetera, um, you know, in the various categories that exist out there, right? You know, uh, the fitness channel is still our largest channel. It's our largest growing channel. Um, you know, over the years, we opened up a lot of big box retail when a brand had reached that point to where it could cross the aisle. Um, and that's essentially a lot of what goes into that, right? I mean, we're really kind of the conduit you know, between the brand and the, you know, B2B retailer. Um, and then uh, as we all know, uh, or as at least most of us probably know, you know, the pandemic comes around, uh, puts a lot of people in a bad place um, at the at the point in time, you know, roughly uh, March of 2021, as I stated, you know, our biggest lion's share of business was this gym business. Well, we all know what happened, right? You know, 8,000 people that I service basically shut their doors. They have to. Um, and then one of those things that that we pivoted around, um, and hindsight be it 2020 is always very clear, right? Um, we knew that we had to center ourselves somewhat around the big box retailer just because they were essential business partners, uh, essential to everybody's obviously everyday life and economy, et cetera. Um, but what does it do? It ties up your available cash flow. Right. You know, I mean, so then you start leaning in that way um, and hindsight 2020, if we had it to do over again, I would argue that, you know, we would have probably tried to figure out a cleaner way to rally against the everyday, uh, you know, business owner. Right. You know, the small business owner and trying to figure out basically how we support those guys. Um, one of the things that's obviously, you know, I, I think pretty obvious is like when you when you work with your big partners, right, your your HEBs, your Harris Teeters, um, you know, your academy sports and people of that nature. When you get in the door, it's extremely important that you stay in the world. If you don't stay in the door, then you rarely get a chance to go back into the door, right? Um, so again, hindsight 2020, would we have picked a different path? Probably. Um, that said, um, roughly around May of 2021, uh, Jeff and Eric had financially vested into the business all that they could. Uh, we wound up bringing in a, 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 an equity partner out of New York called AFI. Uh, those guys came in and, and really kind of took on the business, infused a ton of capital into the business, you know, to make sure that we continued to run down the road and, and try to stay healthy. Because I felt like I, Robbie, 
uh, and a couple other people felt like obviously our business model was still very sound. Um, and then ultimately, you know, okay, how do we not only do what we did well, but now how do we make what we do better? You know, and that's kind of one of those things that we're uh, uh, still asking ourselves today, you know, I mean, is how do we continue to grow? How do we continue to be a resource for our brands uh, and ultimately our customers, right? You know, and that's one of the reasons why we're excited about, you know, a brand like AP, right? Like, I mean, it's new innovation. It's something new to bring to the consumer, you know, that it's not your typical bar. It's not your typical snack item. You know, there's there's some variety there that basically brings something new to the fold. So that's where I see a lot of our future headed, you know, is making sure that that we partner again with the right people to continue to move in the right direction. Yeah, I remember early on uh, when I worked at a brand, I was working in wholesale. I remember asking someone like, why would you ever go to a distributor instead of buying direct from a brand? You know, I just I didn't understand and I wanted to yeah. learn more. Um, and a smaller store explained to me that, you know, with so many brands, there are minimum order quantities, there's uh, shipping to pay for, there's all sorts of different problems that are kind of, uh, you know, barriers to entry in some ways. But with Europa, you can order 17 different brands. Uh, and, and not have to worry about, you know, if I'm ordering from AP, I got to order this much. If I'm ordering from these guys, I got to order this much. Yeah. And and you can support smaller businesses a lot more efficiently in that way. Um, so I, I feel like every two years I hear, oh, Europa's not doing too well. You know what that means? Or, you know, oh, Europa's doing really well this year. You know what that means? Like, I, I'm always yeah. <laughs> hearing, I, I've never spoken with you guys. So it's always so funny because I'm always hearing like, oh, how is Europa doing this year? Um, so, but whenever I go into small businesses, they've always got that Europa sign or the Europa, yeah. the little guy up. So yeah. you guys are really ingrained in the culture and the industry. I mean, I used to go to the Europa uh, expos, you know, like yeah. mm -hmm. it, it was a big name for a long time. And I think we've all had to change in different ways, whether it's adapting to, to more D to C brands, it's adapting to social media, it's adapting to all sorts of different changing parts of the industry. I, I love to hear that you guys are focusing more on small brick and mortar because the more that we get into this, the more we want to support those guys. I and mean, that's, that's really yeah, the absolutely. base of our culture, you know? Well, and, and, and I would say that any brand would say the same thing. And, and Ike and JP would, would support this comment hundred percent, you know, at the end of the day, a brand, you know, would much rather ship pallets and trucks than boxes. Oh yeah. Right. You know, and, and really at the end of the day, that's kind of why distributors such as myself exist. Um, and to your point, right, you can be a consolidated effort for people. You know, uh, a lot of business owners are one person, maybe two or three, depending upon the size and scope of their business. They don't have time to make that many phone calls. They don't have time to create that many invoices and, and have a staff that's built to basically support it, right? So uh, that's really where, you know, a person, you know, like like a Europa kind of comes into play. So uh, with that's all great. And with all that said, fast forwarding into 2022, AB Prime Bites is like growing astronomically. Like I remember I said early on, like everyone's enjoying these, these brownies. And I had some comments, like, I don't even know who they are yet. And then like two weeks later, like everyone was talking about AB Prime Bites. Like we were, I mean, I was eaten by the box. I feel like. <laughs> you stopped up for sure, man. Dude. But uh, I got, so, I got to re, I got to rewind it back real quick because I think there's an important thing to talk about here. Sure. Jeff and Eric, you know, the founders of, of Europa sports. Um, if anybody's had the pleasure to meet these guys, um, they are the pioneers of this industry, straight up. I mean, these guys started 27 years ago with a white van driving up and down the street selling, I don't know, metrics or what the hell was around back those days. Dude, it was Beverly International. Beverly, wow. um, you know, <laughs> and that was distribution, man. And they turned that into a $300 million piece of business years yeah. later, right? Um, and, you know, the most humble, nicest, genuine people you'll ever meet in your entire life, you know, so... Um, you know, shout out to those guys and what they created. Obviously, there's been other distributors who've grown since then. Um, and like, you know, we all said times have changed, man. I mean, I got in this industry, me and JP actually started pretty much the same time in 2007. And uh, I mean, Justin, I mean, Justin's, we've known Justin for at least 10, 15 years. I don't know, a while over there as well. And just seeing how everything has changed. Um, but even from when I started, when me and JP started ProSups, we started and really focused on the brick and mortar retailers. That was, you know, what we were known for, right? And um, we were always pro-distribution uh, for a lot of reasons. If you really peel back the onion and say, what is a distributor great at? They're great at shipping products fast, right? I don't want to be a bank. Let, let, let the distributor be the bank at the end of the day, right? Um, you know, we had a massive sales team. of I think we got up to 12 reps at one point. My sales team was out there selling 
And then we let the retailer decide what distributor they wanted to order our products from. That's it. It's pretty easy, right? Who do you want to order from? You put the order in, make sure that rep keys it, ships it. Um, I believe if you order by three o'clock Eastern time, you get your order tomorrow. Is that still correct? Yes. Yeah. Well, so, that's 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 pretty loose. Your freight lanes and your small parcel lanes are all over the place right oh, now. Okay. Um, but technically, <laughs> yes, that is a technically, thing. You, yeah, kind of was like that. But I, you know, we tell these stores like, hey, from a cash flow perspective, you don't need to carry five grand in a brand anymore, right? You can manage cash flow a lot better. Don't tie it up in the cash for 90, 120 days. But if you can order today, get your stuff tomorrow, you can kind of keep cash fluid at the end of the day, right? You might get terms from a distributor. You get access to buying a bunch of different brands. I hate shipping brownies and drinks direct. I can't. I can't compete with Robo's pricing. They have the special boxes, the inner cartons, the tape, the guards. You know, they know how to get these things to a store, not damaged, right? So, you know, I think there's just unfortunately a lot of people that just don't understand distribution at all in, in the retail game. And it's you throw the D word, it's ah, I don't, you know, I don't buy from distribution, right? No, no reason why. They just don't buy from distribution. So um, you know, obviously Europa being around the longest and 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 the biggest, you know, they kind of get into that. But you know, everybody caught a rough time in 2020. And you know, I know this for a fact, Europa's always paid their bills, you know, and you know, things happen with, with COVID, a lot of a lot of big corporate companies, you know, filed bankruptcy in that time, right? So a lot of people didn't get paid, man. Um, but when we started this in January of 2021, um, you know, made a phone call to Justin, made a phone call to Robbie and said, hey, me and JP, this is kind of what we're doing. And by the way, brownies didn't exist at this point. So, you know, it was, you know, isolates and, and pre-workout powders, right? Like we love talking about all the time. Um, you know, we're going to try to do it again. We're old now. The Hawks losing hair. JP just gets bigger. <laughs> Um, but we want to, you know, we want to partner with you guys and, you know, it's not even a question of those guys, right? It's like, I, JP, you guys are there. We're in count us in. Right. And they brought us in. So, you know, I'm a little guy that means a lot to us, obviously fast forward a couple months, we create these brownies and, uh, you know, like, like Ben said, nobody knew who we were. And, and in a short period of time, people started talking about brownies. But what a lot of people don't know is Europa really helped us create uh fund that project, literally, they helped us create that project, right? So the Brownies most likely wouldn't have existed today without Europa Sport in those early days. So you kind of wind that whole thing together. And yes, we're, you know, we're with all distributors at this point, for the most part. Um, we do our best to keep pricing the same from all distributors. There are some retailers that obviously want to work direct, obviously we'll support that. Um, but we wanted to create something that we can kind of, you know, go back to Europa and go back to those brick and mortar retailers. And I think we should talk about what a brick and mortar retailer is typically. It's your mom and pop shops, individually owned, maybe one or two stores or gyms, not a corporation. Um, those are really the ones that that help start any supplement brand today, right? Um, just, you know, this you don't really create a brand today and automatically go to HEB in two months. So, well, you know, you got to create some sales history, some data, some demand, some awareness. Now, obviously, direct to consumer is a little bit different because you can create it there. But it's usually those mom and pop stores that kind of put you on the map. And I've been there. I've been there a few times. You know, it gets to a point where you're growing. Now vitamin shop wants the brand, right? Now GNC wants the brand. Now Academy Sports or HEB. And like Justin said, you're talking pallets, truckloads of, of product at the end of the day, right? Um, I love my brick and mortars, but unfortunately, it gets to a point where they're a little bit of a pain in the ass down, the, you know, you know, with a lot of things. Um, you know, now we're invoicing, we're collecting payment, they're, we're paying with seven credit cards. Um, it just gets a little tedious and tough sometimes. So businesses have to do what's best for them to kind of keep moving forward. But with that being said, um, we started working on the purple velvet. I think we announced it yesterday, officially, um, Brownie. And I wanted to create something that had a little bit of meaning and, and it connected it to Europa, right? And if anybody doesn't know about Europa, their color is purple. It's always been purple. They love purple. Their office is purple. If Justin had hair, it'd be purple. Um, so we started working on a purple brownie. Um, and uh, we kind of nailed it out of the park in terms of, of, of the coloring, right? Um, the flavor, you guys, you'll see it's similar to almost like a red velvet sweet chocolate with some nice white chocolate chips in there. It's actually uh, my favorite flavor right now. I think JP's as well. Um, this flavor is actually going to launch officially Monday. And But outside of that, we wanted to create a brick and mortar exclusive. What does that mean? That means we are not selling this flavor on our website. You can't buy it on our website. You can't buy it on Amazon. You're not going to be able to buy it on any website. So if you want this flavor, you're a consumer, you're technically going to have to go to a store or gym that buys from Europa Sports to get this flavor. 
So, you know, Vitamin Shop is a great partner for us. They're they're huge for us at the end of the day. They've really helped us expand these prime bites. Um, but to these brick and mortar retailers, this is something that Vitamin Shop will not have, right? This is something they can kind of stand by. They don't need to keep compete online. Um, and it's also for the Europa reps, you know, the 30, 40 guys and girls in there that help push our brand and, and create this brand to where we are today. It's something they can go and say, hey, you can't get this at any other distributor, right? So in a nutshell, that's kind of the, the program. Um, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on that, but I don't I don't know if anything like that's been done. I know, you know, Nutribio has done some cool things with brick and mortar exclusive series and stuff like that. Um, I think, unfortunately, for a lot of brands, they spend a lot of time and money in creating these type of products or series, and they just don't get the return that they expect, unfortunately. Um, but I think with this brand, it's going to be different. I think one of the downfalls of like brick and mortar only brands is when like you announce it to consumers um, and then it's direct. There's, there's not a lot of buy-in from consumers because most consumers can't really appreciate the, what the industry holds in terms of the amount of brick and mortars that are out there and what you're doing for them when you do that. But when you team up with someone like Europa, they, they can really appreciate that. It, it comes straight from the, the, the person's mouth. And the other thing that I, I always, you were talking about how some brands don't talk, like they don't like distribution. The second you say the D word, they're like, I don't want to be involved is to me, I at, at first felt like the, the word distribution implied getting out of the, the community, getting away from people who are fitness and health minded and getting into someone who is solely interested in distribution. While this is a business and everyone needs to make money, people want to feel like they're part of something. And, and right. having met people from Europa now, that couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, these are people who love the industry, people who are, are wow. enthusiasts. I wish, right? I wish Justin had some photos of Eric and Jeff back in you know, the <laughs> 90s, man. Those guys were like 280. They were monsters. The well, entire like, Europa Salesforce is uh, guys who live the life. Like you yeah. look at it. Yeah. Well, you like, know, like, you, like you said before, too, they had their own show, right? They used to put on yeah. their own show. So they're part of that fitness community. And those were great shows. I mean, the yeah. Europa shows, probably outside of Arnold, Olympia, and maybe a few New York Pro, those were the biggest shows for IFBB. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, we, we love hiring consumers of the industry. You know, I mean, those wind up being your best people to speak on the phone to retailers when it comes down to, to looking at what they should care. You yeah. know, I, I mean, it's one of those things like, I mean, it, it, you can invest a lot of money in, in, and go and hire, you know, potentially even more qualified salespeople who, you know, it, again, can follow a sales funnel all the way down to the point, you know, where you purchase we like hiring people that want to speak to the industry, you know, that, that can relate to, you know, being 19, 20, 21, 22 years old. Right. You know, and, and growing up living in the, the gym or being an athlete. I mean, those are all the people that we've always found best that speak to, to what we're trying to do. So, and, and really been to kind of come back to one of the points that you were making, you know, in terms of distribution, you know, there's really not a brand out there that doesn't exist that didn't start, you know, locally you know yeah. i mean it i can't think of one i mean maybe you guys can you know but at some point you know a brand wants to expand what they're doing especially if they're they're doing it right yeah. you know and unless they're going to invest a ton of money into an infrastructure to be able to do that you know it's tough you know yeah. at, especially if you're looking to support a b2b model you know, now anybody can go to an Amazon, right, and, and put a product up there and, you know, great, you know, uh, hopefully the testimonials around it will move it. Um, I, I love when a brick and mortar brand gets created or even an item for that matter, just because it gives something back to your point a minute ago around the community. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, foot traffic still is the lifeblood of any small business. Yeah. And that exclusive product is the, I mean, the only thing that's going to drive people to actually drive to that store. Uh, hey, you know, Mike and, said it a minute ago, man. I love exclusivity. <laughs> you know, I need 10 more flavors, bro. I have a question. So um, anyone listening to this, uh, how did the process go? Are your sales guys getting it out into the stores now? Are you waiting for stores to request this? If a user wants to get this velvet, purple velvet brownie right now, can they expect it to be at, at most retailers or are they going to have to like bug the owner? Like how, what's the, what's the process? No, great question. So uh, we're actually going live, meaning retailers can officially purchase this flavor from Europa next week, Monday. I think that's the 29th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, you know, product is in their warehouse. We're doing a little bit of marketing right now, social stuff to kind of build them a little bit of hype. 
Um, we've sent some samples out to Europa's top 150 stores and gyms. They got to try it. Uh, we've been obviously putting it out there on social media. Come Monday, the light goes green and the reps are going to get on the phones and start selling this thing. So, you know, obviously customers of Europa already will be buying. Um, you know, our hopes is there's some customers that maybe haven't come back to Europa or don't buy from Europa. Go to Europa to buy this flavor too, right? Brings in some some new business there. Um, Justin, I don't know if you want to piggyback on that. No, I, I'd say the same thing, right? You know, I mean, um, we'll launch there it. Could, there could be a store, you know, um, somewhere out there that, you know, maybe they opened a year ago and they just don't know what a distributor is, right? Um, consumer walks in and says, hey, I want to try this AP purple velvet flavor. They kind of don't know. Yeah, they might have to call Europa and request it, set up an account to, to get set up, right? I'm sure there are stores and gyms out there that maybe just don't know that process. So if you are watching this or, or, or listening, it's pretty easy. Just you can talk about, you know, who to email and what to call to get an account set up and what the process is. I already got a couple of stores, Justin, that don't order from you that are going to hit you up for those. So just so you that know. a baby. You know, it, at some point, like JP's going on payroll. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. It, so it, you can reach out to essentially, you know, we've got an online presence there, you know, europasports.com. Um, you know, all contact information to reaching out is, is obviously there. Um, you know, one of the things that it would be great, and I, I know that Ike spoke to this for years as well as JP, like if you're in the retail business, right, whether you're a gym or an independent sports nutrition store, you know, being, being able to understand innovation and not just stay in a specific bucket, you know, only helps bring that many more people through your door, right? You know, I mean, it, when I go to the doctor, I don't ask for the antibiotic of 20 years ago, right? I want the new stuff. You know, I mean, that's, JP goes there a lot. But like, JP, so- J, JP doesn't take antibiotics if you can't tell. That's true. Well, um, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, depending upon the retailer mindset, you know, you might have some people who only do a little bit of this or only do a little bit of that. The most successful people in the game, you know, really basically have, you know, a, a good pulse on innovation. They have some legacy. They have, you know, varieties of different categories of things, because at the end of the day, no different than a, a distributor. If I was running a business, I I want something there for for really kind of anybody who walks through the door for as much as I can. Now, you can go too far into the fringe, right? You kind of wind up honestly diluting your 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 position there. You know, but when you see so much hype around so many good items, it's like, well, you know, get on board. You know, right. at, at the end of the day, it's 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 really about that person walking through your door and what it is that, you know, uh, again, these guys specifically are great at social. You know, what are they pushing out there and how are they then basically resonating that back to the end consumer to walk through the door and find a product? Yeah, I you think know, it's I mean, it those, those, are that, those are the times that make our job really easy. Yeah. No, valid, valid points. And I think with a lot of these legacy brick and mortar retailers, you know, there's still some of them out there, right? I think sometimes they kind of get in their own way, right? They don't want to adapt um, or they don't want to support a brand because the brand has direct to consumer sales, right? And straight up 10 years ago, we didn't sell online at ProSubs, right? Because it was bad, right? If, you, if a store saw you selling online, they kind of ridiculed you back then, right? But today it, it's it's normal. It happens, right? If anything, that's awareness um, that's built from that D to C strategy, which is eyeballs and eventually drives people into the stores looking for those brands and products, whether it's influencer driven or strong on social. There's brands right now that are doing a good job with this type of stuff. Um, but there's some stores that won't they won't bring in those brands because, you know, what they do online. Um, you know, to me, those are the stores that probably won't make it right. They're not adapting to what what it is today. Right. Um, the shift of dry goods, pre-workouts, weight loss pills and stuff like that, the functional foods and, and carbonated beverages, right? I mean, it's probably 60, 70% of Europa's business today, which probably means it's almost 60, 70% of the retailer's business today, right? Um, any of us can go look at Vitamin Shop and see what they've done the last two years. Shout outs to those guys, Nicoletta, everybody. Like to me, Vitamin Shop has put themselves on the map. They have the coolest, latest and greatest energy drinks and functional foods that come out as soon as they come out. Right. That's what people go there. What what new drinks do you have right now? What new protein snacks? And it's driving new foot traffic into those places. But they're being very nimble and they're pivoting really quickly to stay on these type of brands, um, which Europa, I think, is doing a good job with this. And the retailers, the brick and mortars, 
that are successful right now are doing a good job at this, you know? Um, you know, guys I can think of off the time, Steven Natural Body, right? Mm-hmm. Probably drives all of us crazy. Sorry, Steve. But, uh, you know, he's uh, talking about? You know, he, he's on it, right? Um, Nutrition Factory or, you know, Rocks down in, down in South Texas. I mean, guys that are on it, bringing in the new brands that consumers are looking for. Yeah, I, I think uh, what, what you said about uh, people who are stuck in their ways that won't order brands that are direct to, more, to direct consumer. I think anyone who gets stuck in their head saying, I won't do literally anything in this industry. Like if, if they have that hard of a block on anything that's changing, that's going to be a long-term downfall of theirs. You know, being open to change, like you're saying, Vitamin Shop, they have a they have a uh, at least two refrigerators in every single location they have right now, and that's massive, why they're massive fridges. Yeah, there's there's no vitamin shop that doesn't have a fridge right now. And I think that's that's huge because everyone wants energy cans. You know, they're three dollars a pop, but kids want energy drinks. So being able to be nimble and move with it. I remember the last time I was talking about vitamin shop too much, but uh, last time I was at their product education conference, they were addressing the concerns that they were not nimble enough. They had like three resets a year, and that's not right. enough when you have brands dropping. I mean, Justin, how many times a, m- a year are you bringing on new products? Like it seems like every day there's a new SKU out, now, right? It, it could honestly average anywhere from seven to 10 brands a month. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it could. So you have to be nimble because uh, you have brands that are creating actual demand on their own. And right. that is what drives foot traffic on its own. I think that social presence that AP has, you have, you have brands that are like literally driving hundreds of thousands of views uh, that could be people in store. You can't, you can't, be egotistical enough to believe that your local brick and mortar shop will generate enough foot traffic on its own without these brands and their awareness online. So anytime that you guys can partner, like you guys are right here, I think that that drives uh, a lot of awareness through an unaware channel, you know, and most consumers are not going to know who Europa is. And I'm super excited to be doing this podcast because we can change that. Uh, but this, I'm hoping this whole message helps people understand how this process works. Maybe takes away the stigma of working with distribution, right? As well, just dealing with distributors and retailers myself, the ones that are winning out there are the ones that are kind of being like brands. They're getting creative. They're getting innovative themselves. They're going out to the community. You talked about community. Guys. Yeah. Um, they're going out there creating their own community. They're, you know, shout out to Connor at Fitness Society. I'm going to give him a shout out because he's a young guy. He's hungry. And he's one of those guys that when Ike and I walked into his door, he had no idea what a distributor was. Like, hey, you yeah, I was going to bring, I was going to bring that example up. So that's a perfect example. Yeah. Well, he had no idea what a distributor, he was, what do you mean? I just buy direct. I, I didn't know if there was even another option. Again, yeah. this guy, young twenties, you know, hungry, you know, entrepreneur has a dream of, you know, having his own story and did it and he's growing it rapidly and now he orders to them and he has a whole I mean, yeah, kid, young kid grew up on social media had the idea i want to own a supplement store finds a building and then what does he do he goes on instagram to find the coolest brands he dms them and says hey yeah. how do i buy them yeah. literally had no idea that a distributor existed nothing bad about distributors but the concept in that young guy's mind just he had literally no idea, had no what idea. It was. um has social media ever been a idea for europa Justin, like, like in, in terms of getting ahead of that, because I this is something I see is a lot of the younger kids. They think, you know, Ike on Instagram, I got to buy from him. And when you talk to the older, the veterans, they all went straight through distributors. And maybe that's because they didn't have social media to get that direct connection, that transparency. Yeah, that's, you know, been to your point, like one of the things I think that we know well about ourselves is that we don't do everything right you know, and, and we're not good at everything by any means whatsoever. Um, we probably should look at more of that concept. Um, I'll tell you right now for us, we're, we're somewhat kind of staying in our lane um, solely for the fact that we know we don't do that really well. Um, you know, it, there's things that we should be doing better that we once did really well. Um you know, again, whether that's time and service, whether that's truck routes, all these other things, right? As we rebuild the company, um, we rely extremely heavily um, on what the brand does socially, you know, yeah. and then how we're able to somewhat piggyback that through our own marketing department. Can we do reposts? Um, you know, can we basically get those guys to lean in with us? And and again, in a situation even like this, it feels it's, a- it's so kind how they're able to bring us into the mix in those situations. 
feels a lot to me like Europa is a very advanced, like third-party logistics, right? Because we're talking about how you can't expect companies to scale to a point where they're supporting thousands of brick and mortars, but also be able to have the workforce to ship efficiently to all these places in the ways that, you know, these people expect when things are showing Think about that, Justin, how many warehouses does Europa have? How many orders happen in a day, week, month? Um, I mean, talk about those numbers because it's pretty impressive. So it's... um, God, that you know, we could be here the rest of the day on this one. <laughs> um, you know, and and there are definitely days where you know somebody's grabbing me by the back of the collar to keep me from leaping over the the cliff. But you know, I tell people a lot of time, guys, where where Europa is in terms of sports nutrition distribution, uh, I would say our infrastructure uh, is really kind of second to none. Um, we're we're not the Amazons of the world, right? You know, where it's all automated and everything's perfect. We rely heavily on on bodies. Um, we've got four DCs pretty much from Florida to Vegas. Um, we're able to service roughly 92% of the country next day to second day. Um, and then of course, obviously what comes into play there right now is because of all your shipping lanes, whether it's even FedEx, UPS, or your, your major freight carriers. If I... It, that stuff bounces so much today because of the lack of supply chain, the lack of people basically behind the trucks, the lack of people at sort centers. Those are all things that basically go into a service point for somebody, right? Um, three years ago, I would say, honestly, I would have no problem saying, and honestly, most people are getting their products either next day or second day, regardless of where they're at. And arguably today, you look at it and it could be anywhere from two days, three days, and depending upon the LTL carrier, arguably four. It yeah. just really depends how many bodies have to touch that thing before it actually gets to the endpoint destination. What a lot of people don't know is because there's such a major freight shortage out there on just drivers, a lot of your major carriers are leapfrogging orders. So what that means is basically I may ship something, for example, through XPO. XPO will take it a certain point and then they'll backfill it with a local carrier that then potentially has two additional days to make a delivery. Well, right. if I'm the end consumer there, right, or the the end retailer, you know, I'm expecting my goods to be here within 24 or 48 hours. Well, now it could be four or five days. It it right. just really kind of depends, and it's one of the the everyday headaches. Now, we move a lot of freight, and we move a ton of small parcels. Um, so we consistently have meetings with FedEx. And, and most of your major carriers literally on a weekly basis, you know, because again, we're pushing back as hard as we possibly can. Now, at the end of the day, a Europa to FedEx dropping the bucket gets lost in the ocean, right? But to that rep for FedEx, we're substantial. So, you know, you can push and push and push and push, um, you know, and at which point basically you, you start to chip away, we'll wind up getting a couple added services such as, you know, a Saturday delivery, you know, or a Saturday, they call it actually Saturday to home delivery, uh, even home being basically what that retail destination is. So we're trying to basically wrap up as many things as we possibly can as the added benefit to getting something to somebody because um, everybody's impatient as possible, right? You know, I mean, Amazon taught us that seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, but now if you look at Amazon, even those guys, they're not even next day all the time. Yeah, e- even those guys are having to push two and three day service points. And sometimes obviously more dependent upon whether it's vendor or central sellers. So, so Justin, your Europa is not necessarily having a headcount issue or labor issues, but you're saying like FedEx, all the delivery services downstream are, do they give you any, any reasons why? Or like, so Mike, I, I, I would say I have a, a, I even face a major headcount issue. Okay. 100%. Absolutely. Gotcha. Um, you know, it just whether, I mean, people still don't want to work. I mean, yeah, yeah man. you guys I mean, have seen it. Um, I deal with freight companies. Sometimes they don't have a driver to pick up the order. <laughs> you know, like a driver quit yesterday. I got to find somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably Justin, whether it's the warehouse or, or things like that. Yeah. Um, it's tough to find people still kind of blows my mind. I don't know what people are doing right now. That's kind of what um, I'm asking. I don't want to go too down, far down that rabbit hole, but like yeah. you are different. Um, you know, we deal with a lot with brands and uh, marketing and, and ingredients and stuff. So you're really feet on the street. So I'm kind of curious, like, yeah, what, what you're feeling out there. Yeah. It it's, it's across the board. I mean, um, depending upon the DC on any given week, 
you know, we may bring in 10 or 15 different temps, right? You know, and it's, it's not automated warehouse technology, right? You know, so I mean, at the end of the day, it is work. Um, so you may, you may based upon your volume for that given day or, or potentially even that week, you may bring in 10, 15 temps. I'm going to say half of them probably quit by lunch, <laughs> you know, and, you know, the, you know, a third of them probably don't show up the next day, right? You know, so it, that basically delays, obviously, the process of getting everything done. Now, uh, I commend the back of our, our warehouse team because, again, it, they're willing to put in the time. I mean, there's nights where those guys won't leave here till 11, 12 o'clock at night. You know, yeah. I mean, so uh, I would argue that, um, you know, these guys would say the same thing about their warehouses, right? Like, I mean, again, sometimes you just got to go. And it doesn't matter what your title is. At the end of the day, it's about, the you know, the customer. So, you know, it, the entire sales team that I have here, you know, they've been out there picking orders, you know, just to make sure that those things get out the door. Now, 20 years ago, that's what they had to do. That's what Europa right. you know, did before, obviously, some of these things yeah. kind of fell in place. Um, and I would even argue that uh, there's probably not a distributor out there to that same degree that faces those same challenges. And again, um, you know, and there's a lot of good ones out there. I'll be the first to say it, um, you know, but labor force and and quality of labor uh, yeah. are definitely everyday challenges for sure. Well, I, I mean, you guys probably know this, but I can tell you probably three of my manufacturers would probably be four to eight weeks faster if they had more employees working right now, just because they, they can't, they can't run two, two, eight hour shifts. You know, they don't have enough people to do that. Um, you know, at our bakery that makes our brownies, we've had a lot of people show up one day and they don't show up the next day. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy. So, you know, on, on the whole labor force thing, I mean, I, it's not just our industry. I think everybody's probably seeing it at some level. Right. Um, but, you know, touching on the warehouse, you know, I think it's always good to give them a shout out because none of us from a brand side, the distribution side, we we can't do what we do if we didn't have really solid people in the back shipping. And I mean, there's a lot that goes into that, man. Um, so, you know, shout out to those guys and girls in the warehouses, keeping people going, you know. Yeah, that's absolutely. Horrible. Thank you. For sure. Hey, um, Justin, is there a minimum order or... Yeah, you know how to you know a gym or retailer wants to get get on board with you guys. What's is there a minimum order? Is there free shipping? How does that whole thing work? So, uh, minimum order today for your rope is three hundred bucks. Okay. Um, anything dry good related, as long as it gets three hundred bucks, there's free shipping associated to it, regardless of how much shipping rates have increased. Um, when you start getting into beverage, beverage becomes tricky. Um, it's heavy. It's heavy. It's, it, you know, I tell people all the time, right? You know, it's like shipping concrete. Um, and, and concrete in a box is about the worst thing you can do today. Um, <laughs> so there is a, a $4 per case, um, uh, freight fee that's associated to that. Uh, we do run local trucks. Uh, our trucks typically have roughly about a four hour, uh, uh, circumference basically around our given DC. So we're able to touch, you know, arguably multiple States and multiple cities, uh, within inside any given route. Um, and it's one of those things like, you know, it, we've met on it, obviously, even as early as this morning. We're trying to be as compassionate as we can in the process with being as real as we can in the process. So even at $4 per case, that doesn't even sniff basically what it costs me to put that case in a box. Yeah. It, it, it's not even close, right? It's roughly about 30% of what the actual freight bill looks like uh, on an order going out the door. And then depending upon where we basically try to try to granularly get in there to basically make sure that you know, your, your weight ratios make the most sense, you know, anywhere from basically pound one to 24, depending upon what you're putting in that box, you know, equates to X. So I, I give people the water example all the time, right? So at the end of the day, any of us could go to Sam's club and buy a case of water for what, three bucks. You know, I can't ship something for three bucks. Not that something that weighs basically, you know, 20 pounds. 19 pounds. Right. So I tell people, and I explain this to salespeople all the time, right? Where it's like, man, my profit on that thing is, you know, 25%. Okay, great. You know, if it's a $5 item that weighs 19 pounds and you're making five or, you know, you're making 25%. Well, at the end of the day, if it's costing me $11 to ship it, ship I don't it. care what you made on it. <laughs> you know, you lose, yeah. you know, and, and those are basically the things that we have to be very cognizant of as a business. While at the same time, 
you know, being very transparent or as transparent as we can with, with the retail, right? You know, um, it, freight and the cost of doing business today is a real thing for everybody. There's not a gym that you could walk into in the nation that says, oh yeah, you know, you know, everything that we buy today is the same price as what it was. Cleaning supplies are up, paper towels are up. Like it doesn't matter if somebody's touching it and it's being delivered, it's more expensive than what it was 24 months ago. It, yeah, absolutely. It's just a thing, right? You know, yeah. and even even to, to Ike and JP, right? You know, and I would say this for any brand out there. Everybody has taken those kind of universal price increases that start at the top, whether it's from raw goods to packaging to label, you know, all the way down to, to production and then putting it on the road. So it's one of those things where um, I love seeing, I call them better bad choices, right? You know, when you take a, a snack item that everybody loves in the form of a brownie, make it healthy, that's always going to be a better bad choice, in my opinion, than going and buying a Toll House, you know, or Betty Crocker, you know, brownie mix, right? right. And and those are things where I sit there and, and it's like, okay, how do how do how do we basically get this to more people, you know, faster to to help improve so many other positions for? Us? So it's it's a challenge across the board, just depending upon which category of the item you want to talk about. That's actually something we've heard a lot in the last probably two years, maybe maybe three four years ago. We were hearing like, you know, here's our pre- protein bar. You know, it tastes pretty good for the amount of protein in it. But and like two years ago, we started seeing well, you know, it's better than a Kit Kat bar. There's there's added protein. You know, like you're yeah. seeing bars like. 85 95 grams of carbs but you know there's there, hey there's 25 grams of protein, there's 25 grams of protein. Yeah. <laughs> it's and 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 i mean oh, we won't get too far into the pro, the protein size but that you know leveraging that protein does and it, that does impact help it does help in some ways i, I would well, much it's like rather. everything everything comes back full circle i mean probably me and justin where i remember when i was playing ball remember the detour bar oh yeah oh yeah i mean that I don't, I don't remember that being low carb, low calorie, but it tasted like a Snickers with protein. <laughs> Dude, it didn't take long though for that thing to become the U-turn bar. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, well, we'll say it does taste well, a lot better. Obviously technologies and everything's a lot better now and, you know, how you can make these things better. We have, you know, we've got a great baker that's, you know, helping us create these brownies. We've got a lot of flavors next year. You'll see some pretty cool license collaborations dropping. Um, you know, we got some other things in the works. I'm drinking our final energy drink. That'll be uh Coming out at some point, Europe will obviously be carrying that. But um, now we're blessed for the partnership. We thank all of the brick and mortar retailers that have supported AP Regiment, AP Prime Bites from day one. Um, and hey, we talk a lot about brownies and things like that. But our supplements are top. You know, they do really well. Ben, Mike, you guys have tried them. Justin, I think so. Yep. Um, we'll continue to expand there where it makes sense and where we can win. Yeah, I th- I think talking just about your AP Bites is uh, is doing the, the brand a disservice. You guys have some real competitive products there competitively priced as well as in, in addition to being great formulas. So we'll have to talk about that as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I've been meaning to, to hit you. I, I drilled a tub of the uh, legacy pre-workout like pretty fast. So yeah, I might be due for a, a re-up. It's a, gotcha. not, I'm not gonna say underrated, but it, yeah, it's, it's a product that I think deserves even more love than it gets. Yeah. I mean, it's one of my favorite products I've created there and stack it obviously with the pump. JP loves it. Um, it's just, you know, it's not a high stem bump, what, you know, people are looking for at the yeah. end of the day. It's got some really expensive ingredients like PKTP in there. Um, you know, we'll continue to expand on that legacy series and creating some of those type of things. Um, you know, we do have a really good pre-workout RTD out there right now. That's not yeah. carbonated. You'll see a, uh, a caffeine free pump RTD that's coming out at some point in time um, that, that we're thing. working off. So, you know, we're expanding the categories that, you know, Europa's and retailers and vitamin shops and everybody's winning there right now, right? Grab and go, functional foods, beverages of that. But we will continue to have some really, really good supplements. Is there, a, and this might be a question for Justin as well, is, is there a pretty decent demand for the uh, stem-free RTDs? Because obviously people are going to those fridges for generally for caffeine. I, I, what's been the demand on that one? I, I mean, caffeine, you know, Caffeine at the end of the day is always going to win for the general public, right? <laughs> you know, um, I think it's one of those things that it's a product that not everybody's a vegan, you know, but you have a lot of vegans, you know, and I, I, I lump it into somewhat the same kind of category uh, to a degree, right? Where it's like, you know, I love the variety of getting, having products and items produced that cater to more than one specific group of person, you know, and then really at the same breath, you know, I mean, I, I would I would put Ike a little bit on the spot and JP, you know, and say, 
you know, as as your business continues to to grow and develop, you know, at what point do you guys kind of start, you know, narrowing that focus over, you know, not just creating, you know, good snack items and good uh, everyday sports nutrition items, you know, but is there ever a point you decide to to lean a, a certain direction? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we we've kind of pivoted. I'd say six months ago, I, I rallied the troops here and said, guys and girls. Brownies are our ticket right now, right? It's it's so unique. It's it, the category is winning. We really got to focus resources, time, money, energy, innovation on brownies, right? And um, off the top of my head, I don't know. Um, I don't think some of you might even know, but we do have a seasonal pumpkin spice that's going to go live in about two weeks. Um, it's in route to you guys, uh, Price Plow. Actually, Justin's probably already there at your, your office, but we've probably made six or seven flavors this year. Um, you know, it's been a pretty busy year in terms of innovation there. Uh, we're working on something really big. I think Ben got a sneak peek when he was here earlier in the year. Yeah. Um, but I think it takes these brownies times a hundred. Like it's pretty next level if we can get that thing done. So we're focusing there. Um, but you know, me and JP, we're true to sports nutrition. We love our supplements, right? Um, but one thing we do is we have a we have a pretty good international business right now. And believe it or not, internationally, you still sell a lot of sports nutrition. So we're able to kind of funnel and push product overseas, which helps keep our inventory and cash flow down. Um, or we're not sitting on a ton of, of supplements, if you will, while we try to compete here domestically in the U.S., you know. Um, but on the pump RTD, pump is in right now. You go to TikTok, you follow that 16 to 24. They're all chasing the pump. They're eating brownies and Rice Krispie treats and all other kind of crazy things, right? Um, there's, I think, one pump RTD out there right now. Justin carries it. Um, and actually does well. Um, we're not going to talk about, you know, anything else there, but I think we can create a, a you know, um, a more up-to-date formula, something that tastes really good. And a lot of these uh, people working out today, they're already consuming a pre-workout powder typically before they go to the gym, right? So if we can create something that they can buy to give them a little bit extra blood flow and one other little tweak, we're going to have some essential amino acids in there, right? Um, that category has kind of been diluted. So kind of a two-in-one type of product. Um, I've been pretty excited about this drink. We've had to pivot the manufacturer that was going to make it is not making it anymore. So I had to find a new manufacturer, slow down the process a little bit. Um, but I think the pump our drink, the pump drink is going to do well. Yeah. I think there's an, I think there's an emphasis on getting away from lots of stems. I know that you guys are, we're at pro Sups. I mean, you guys sold a lot of stems, but I, we I sold think a lot of stems. Yeah. I think things are, are moving around. Oh God. I'm afraid yeah. of that thing. Then, oh yeah. my God. I've heard <laughs> Talk about stems. I saw that bottle. He just held up. I, yeah. I, I, I tell you what, though, you know, in terms of 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 appetite suppressing and everything goes in, honestly, great product. I don't really want to. You eat just sweat sweating. in that shirt for six hours with the yeah. bead loose dripping down. Your <laughs> At least it makes it. Hey, dude, it makes it feel like I did something. <laughs> ben was supposed to take it and video the experience, but I haven't I'm seen not, it. Yet. I'm not ready for that yet. I'm not. Ready. I've been asking for that video for a while. I'm I'm going to hold Ben to it. We're going to do it. We got to talk about the purple velvet today, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, Ben, Ben, you and I go to the same barber, bro, and I'm telling you right now, it's going to be awkward. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. It's I I took it once, and I was like, wow, this is intense. That is is some stuff, man. I sweat enough with just running on my own. (laughs) Is there a point with uh, these brownies where you – you generate so much interest that you can translate that into your powders. Like, do, do you guys convert people into the brand from that first initial impression of brownies? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's already happening a lot, right? Um, it's a little bit tough because we kind of segmented AP Prime Bites, kind of, you know, yeah. in a sense where it's becoming its own brand, where we can also expand into different um, iterations of snacks outside of brownies down the road, the AP Prime Bites series, right? Um but hey, we know, you know, what Ron did with one bar. We know, you know, the Linnies and Larry story, right? These 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 brands became hundred plus million dollar brands, one item times what five to ten flavors. Yeah. So, you know, we have a little joke here, JP, and I tell them we might just sell brownies in a year from now. <laughs> if it takes off like that, it is what it is, right? Yeah. Um, but so definitely man, people getting into the category and buying brownies, I think then they realize, oh wow, you guys also make supplements, right? We gotta right. find a little bit of a better way to connect the dots there. Um it's tough I, will say, uh, I will say, Ben, I do get that quite a bit. Though. I do get some retailers that only have interest in brownies. Once they get it and see it sells well, they'll say, well, this is pretty good. What else do you guys got? Right. You know? So they kind of, that brownie is going to lead to trusting the brand a little bit more. And yeah. as, far as, 
sparked more of an interest to see what else that we got. Because we've seen both sides. You know, I know this formula, so... But we've seen both sides of it, though. You know, we've seen definitely brands that are able, like Lenny and Larry is able to do every single flavor of their, their cooking stuff. But then, um, you know, VPX, like they saw bang like crazy. But I, I don't remember the name of their pre-workout also. You know what right. I mean? Like, like so you, you want to be able to convert them over. And you guys have a wonderful line. I, I'd love to see people come over. But like, you're right. You did. Like AP Prime Bites was very segmented away from the sports nutrition but I love the look of your sports nutrition. I love Ike. You came up with the whole modern athlete idea. You know, you've got a lot of people on your team that aren't just, you know, just bodybuilders, which is obviously where a lot of this industry came from was your, you know, your local meatheads. Uh, right. and, and you guys have really moved into like active lifestyle and so much more. It, it includes bodybuilders. Definitely. I mean, you got a great pump product alone. That, that thing drives pumps. But there's so much more to this industry now that you guys seem to really be adapting to across all of it. So. Well, I mean, supplements are supplements, right? Supplements supplement typically something missing in your daily diet or something you're not getting enough of, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, to classify bodybuilding supplements, I don't. I mean, you could say a pre workout is a bodybuilding supplement, but at the end of the day, if, you know, if it kind of helps you get to the gym, have a better workout, a little more endurance, bust out a few more reps, you don't got to be a bodybuilder to do that, right? So, right. active lifestyle. Alpha Prime is our mother company. They actually started a clothing company in 2017. Um, if you know anything about our clothing, it is that active athleisure, modern type of fit of apparel um, made for a little bit of everybody. And that's kind of what we wanted to do with the supplements. So, you know, we do have really good pre-workouts and pump powders, but actually we're, we're, we went a lot with our, our items like our greens and fruits powder. Um, that's actually one of our top selling products, our vegan. Um, you can ask Justin, the Roper rep says the best tasting vegan they've ever had. Um, nobody talks about our vegan, right? Um we kind of went, you know, we just came out of a product called C3. It's very simple. It's collagen peptides, CLA and carnitine. It's probably, that's JP, probably one of the best products I've ever had, taste-wise. The thing is, yeah. um, so things like that, like that are really winning for us. Um, our L-carnitine sells really well. Um, that's where we find we, we can win. I mean, the, the pre-workout pump weight categories are just really saturated, right? Um Right now, those categories are really driven by influencers, right? And right. things of that nature where it's definitely not formulation built, right? It's more just influencer built and, and hype and media, which is fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, we don't have that type of influencer strategy currently. So I try to find ways where we can win. And it's in these categories. That I feel like brands don't really focus on and we can innovate and make better. Then eventually, oh, you know, we love your greens. We love your vegan. I know you, you know. Our whey isolate and whey powders are great. <laughs> They're really good proteins. But, I mean, it's tough to compete with some of these, you know, monsters out there that have been selling protein for 30 years. For sure. For sure. I, I You mentioned, like, formulas are not the drivers of sales, and it, it, it breaks my heart. But, you know, because I'm like, Mike, like, I'm, I'm a nerd with this stuff. You know, I, I, I You're love. You're like me, man. But, you know, uh, and you've worked for some companies that make some really good quality and formulation type products, right? And, and they do sell. But what it boils down to is education. Um, yeah. it's, it's tough to really get that education to the end consumer, especially when you start talking ingredients and things like that. Right. Um, and we live in a world now where TikTok is dominant. It's the number yeah. one social app in the world. Um, average median age of something on TikTok is 25 years old. It's not 14, right. Yeah. It's right in the middle of our target demographic for supplements. And guess what? Whatever influencer or TikTok kid they follow, whatever they tell you to take, they're taking, they ain't turning the bottle around looking at the label. Yeah. It's almost almost like we got a little bit backwards now, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Because some of these influencers literally have no idea about these products, but they're I, so influential that it doesn't matter. I battle them every day for you guys. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm, I'm in those we comments. Will teach them. <laughs> <Not around. laughs> well, I, I think uh, I got a lot out of this. I think a lot of yeah. people really can appreciate the, the discussion. I think we brought a lot of stuff to light that people are going to learn from honestly yeah i mean this brought a different angle than anything we've ever had so justin we really uh, do do appreciate your time and talent i wouldn't mind doing this a couple times a year or something just to get like the ongoing what's going on um feet on the street like i said before do we have a few more minutes i do have one other question yeah. like yeah. so earlier on justin you're kind of talking about hindsight being 2020 with 2020 i mean is there really anything that you could have done that much differently like it just seems like everyone was faced with just bad choices in general. I don't really see like what could have been any done any better personally, but that's kind of what I'm asking. Um, you know, it's a great question, Mike, you know, <laughs> and 
Um, you know, it, I could say that, you know, it did we rally behind the wrong customer base? Possibly. Um, you know, uh, it, should we uh, have circled the wagons earlier? Possibly. Um, you know, it should, uh, uh, hell, you could have even said, you know, I mean, when you look at some of the biggest chains out there and, and I, you know, kind of, kind of alluded to it a little bit, you had some of the main, the biggest faces in the industry, um, you know, really basically take a nosedive. I mean, a lot of people file chapter 11, right? You know, I mean, you can go down the list. Golds went through an organization restructure, you know, uh, 24, uh, you know, 24 hour fitness, you know, I mean, uh, you fit like, I mean, and, and these are all personal friends, right. You know, um, and then on the other side, like being a distributor at that point in time, like you're the rock in the hard place, you know, because at the end of the day, the brands need to be paid for producing items. You have to be paid from the customer, you know, and it, when you're going through the middle of kind of all that, you're really trying to find what path is the right path to go. Um, and it, it's very important that I say this as well. Um, you know, we coming through what we went through, there's no doubt, no different than, you know, Europa got burned by a bunch of customers out there. Um, there's a lot of brands that took a hit from us it, with, without doubt. You know, I mean, that's, you know, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm I'm not scared to say that because I also know everything that Jeff and Eric did, you know, for as long as they could not to be the company that filed. Right. You know, and and I'm guys, I'm talking millions of personal dollars, yep. you know, that went back into the business to try to get across basically the lane. You know, if you could have sat there with the crystal ball and said, look, this thing's going to last 18 months. OK, well, I can create a plan for 18 months. It's hard to create a plan of the unknown when you don't know when the core person of who you're servicing is ever going to come back online. You know, and and that's the hindsight 2020 of of really trying to understand timing. Um, and then, you know, we put a lot of work and effort uh, back into stabilizing relationships with brand partners, stabilizing relationships with with customers. Um, you had people who activated really on out of the gate. Uh, these guys are a prime example of that, um, you know, and and I would argue that your friends are always going to be there to try to help you, you know, and and luckily, unfortunately for us, we have a lot of good friends on the brand side. And we have a lot of good friends on the customer side, um, you know, and and that's probably, Mike, um, you know, when I say hindsight 2020, right, you know, there's still questions, you know, I don't I don't know that it was any one thing that said, yep, you know put a dot on the map there and and that's going to fix the situation. Man, it was like the perfect storm of, of storms, right? You know, it felt like, you know, New Orleans anytime in June. Mm -hmm. you know, I, mean, yeah, that, I remember uh, I had, I had some uh, personal conversations with Jeff and Eric in 2020. Um, I was at a different brand dealing with some stuff as well. And we're trying to figure out well, how do we pay athletes? How do we make product? How do we do this? Right. Um, and you know, hypothetical numbers, but at the end of the day, let's say Europa owed brands 20 million, and but Europa was owed, you know, 30 million. Those people, those they went out of business, they filed chapter 11. Europa didn't get it, you know. Distributors don't make crazy margin, you know, it, it's not like you know, there's a bank account sitting there where you can pay it. I mean, it's just it's just numbers at the end of the day, right? Um, and you're talking large multi-million dollar type of customers with AR that's pretty massive, right? Um like I said, you're open 27 years, have never stiffed anybody. Um, and I also know what Jeff and Eric put into that business, how they made sure they didn't fire reps, how they made sure, you know, they did everything they could to make sure people got paid. Um, and I can vouch for those guys because I had those conversations with them. So, again, I don't know. I mean, we were on the phones getting PPP loans. I remember me and Eric talking about how much can you get, right? Um, I don't know if anything could. I don't think anything could have been done different. Um it's like you like Justin said, it was a perfect storm out there. Um, you know, I think Justin alluded to a little bit about circling around the right retailers. Sometimes there's probably retailers that pay you in 90, 120 days. And, you know, that becomes probably a pretty lofty sum at the end of the day. And then, you know, when this kind of happens, you really wish you kind of had that money, right? Or that inventory that sells somewhere yeah. else. Exactly. So, but again, you don't, you don't know, you, nobody knew this was going to happen. I mean, mm -hmm. I got back from Columbia on February 15th. 
I think March 1st, everybody decided to shut down. Like it was like that, right? Um, Cause I was at Expo Fit, Expo Fitness in Columbia and I came back and they started talking about this. So I don't think anything could have been done. Um, you know, Europa's obviously restructured. They brought in some private equity and they said, hey, let's put inventory in these warehouses. You know, we'll start selling, we'll start selling. We've got, you know, the logistics and the network. We're gonna change how we do business. We've got the relationships. And I still say the majority of people do like Europa, want to buy from Europa, or they might like some other distributors. No, I don't think anybody buys from one distributor anymore, right? Um, you know, again, if I'm owning a retail store, my lifeblood is inventory, right? So I need to make sure that I've got friends at all these distributors that I can call if one's out of stock or I need this. They will go above and beyond to get what I need so I can get it in my store, sell it quick, turn that cash in and order it again, right? Um, you know, the, the, the guys and girls of Europa are just ordinary, you know, humble people, right? And and they're trying to kind of, I say they're not digging, they've dug out of the hole at this point, right? Um, but still trying to reestablish themselves and and kind of, I think Europa has the best chance to kind of bring that social media presence and that that type of marketing on what a distributor is. I've been saying this for a couple of years now, JP's heard me say it many times, um, but I think from a distribution side, if, if there's a way to kind of market what they do and why they're beneficial, how it can help you run your business, manage your business, um, I think that would be huge today. Thank you. Yeah, I, I greatly appreciate that because that's kind of, those answers are kind of what I was thinking in my head anyway. Like, um, and, and so, yeah, well, like I said, I, I do appreciate it. Yeah. With regards to social, and uh, we'd we'd be happy to get Ben's face on the uh, Europa Sports Instagram to do some education there too. So, hey, yeah, we've already got JP on the payroll. Ben, come on over. <laughs> Let's do it. We're gonna call after this. <laughs> well, well, I, I tell you, I I can't thank you guys enough for allowing me the opportunity to be here. I JP again, great friends. Uh, look forward to to being a resource anytime you guys want to chat. And thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, yeah thanks for coming on. Appreciate all the education. Thank yeah. you guys. I'm, I'm so guys. excited for uh, for the new purple brownie coming out. Purple so. velvet, less purple than a week velvet. Away. Start making <laughs> Europa might sell out in seven days, so make sure you're ready. It's not going to hurt my feelings. Then I get to call you and yell at you. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Hey, thank you everybody right. for the time, Justin. We appreciate you as always. And until uh, next time, thank, thank you, guys. Right, Justin. Later, Thanks. guys. Thank you. See you guys.